This show is brought to you by our sponsors at Creative Circle. Creative Circle was named one of the largest creative staffing agencies in the country, and they connect creative talent with companies that need it. All you have to do is head to creativecircle.com, sign up, and have a team of Creative Circle recruiters help you in your job search. Connect with the St. Louis office at 877-851-3066 or visit creativecircle.com to find your local office. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Stevens, and this is the Creative Stick Up. Jen and I were thrilled to sit down with Leslie Bogosian today uh, and do a little podcasting. Leslie is one of those terrific creatives in town. She's Associate Creative Director at Manifest Digital. And it is always a pleasure, I think, for Jen and I as two vets in this industry to see someone we started with blossom into a true badass in the creative field. And that's what Leslie is um, over at Manifest. She has a lot of terrific things to say. It was great to just sit down with someone who's in it every day, making the work, working with people, what they're looking for, how they do it. So enjoy this conversation with one of the true upcoming talents in this town, Leslie Bogosian. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That's a good That is so That's good. Awesome. All right, so I know you as Leslie Shad, right? But you're actually Leslie Bogosian. Leslie Bogosian. Now I know her as Leslie Shad too. Okay, me too. I met her first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did. You, you did. I did. I met her first at Mizzou. She was. Chris and I met her at Mizzou. Wow. Oh man, you're right. Back in the Long day. That's funny. Tiny little creative. Well, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know. So we we've interviewed. Um, um, this is our third or fourth one with Jen and I doing this. Mm-hmm. We've got Leslie on our series because we have like a series theme is badasses, creative okay. badasses. Oh, so that's why we put you on this first You're one. You're the first one. You're yeah, the first so badass that oh, we're going to get. Bar is high. Um, and I think that speaks to an incredible high uh, admiration for your work when we work together. Okay. And I'm sure you've only gotten more amazing since then. And that's what we're, hopefully we're going to dig into. Yeah. Um, but so we're going to, we kind of thought, oh, Instead of going back and, and documenting the entire life stories, you are an actual working creative and are actually doing it every day, right? Like right. you're on the front lines. So we thought, okay, well, let's try to get some questions that, that get to that. So we were going to try to do this a little more rapid fire, a little more structured than the normal free-flowing stuff that we've been yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with some easy ones, maybe then work into some hard ones. Yeah. The first question is, how's the baby? How's the baby? Like I told you, she is alive. <laughs> She is alive. Uh, lots of smiles. So I guess it's guess it's going well for her. Esther, right? Yes, Esther. Congratulations. Thank like you. and very young. She's seven months. Okay. Right now. That's awesome. Uh, I've only seen a few pictures on Facebook. She looks adorable. Um, is she tiny? Yes. Yeah, she looks yeah, tiny. Yeah, she uh, was born a normal weight, but then just didn't grow. But they weren't concerned, so we weren't concerned. That's She's good. She's adorable. All right. Okay, and- so ask, let me ask you about the name. What's Esther. The, yeah, is that a family name? Um, it is Judy Garland's character from Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, wow! And that's that's where you got the name. Is just that's one of your favorite movies? Uh, I watched it a lot when I was little with yeah. my uh, mom and my sister, and I kind of manipulated my husband Ethan into jumping on board with it. <laughs> it's an E name, though. I thought, yeah, it's I great. Gave him a couple other options I knew he wouldn't like, so I kind of, <laughs> you know, approached it like a client. That's nice. Here's like one we're that. gonna throw away. 
Here's one that's so out there they'll never pick that. Right. And it makes this one look amazing. Yeah. Yep. And then I gave it to him at the end. I was like, you know, here are the two that we like. You make the decision. <laughs> I, like I like that, that. strategy. Wow, that's great how creative creative selling can go into relationship manipulation. That's Every beautiful. Day. <laughs> Lovely. That is awesome. So, um, so Leslie, I've known you for a long time. Um, as long as you've been in the business, yep. right? Which either makes me really old, <laughs> or you. I was thinking to get in dog years how old we were in agency years. I'm like 97. You're yeah, like 90. I'm like 104 or something, yeah. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, but I met Leslie when she was um, at Mizzou, just graduating, and um, I think I posted it on the on your Facebook page for your birthday that um, when she was uh, she presented some work to mm-hmm. uh, to us at Rogers Townsend trying to get an internship and uh, tell us what it was about. Uh, I made up a, a donut peddling shop called Dizzy Donuts. We had <laughs> a menu, print ads. I did the logo myself and knew, somehow knew that Chris Wright wasn't keen on using just regular, you know, typefaces, yeah. that he'd like to go into Illustrator and mess with them. That is Chris uh, Wright. So I, I went in there and did a little original letter form, mm-hmm. no idea what I was doing, uh, but came up with enough enough pieces of collateral to put together some sort of integrated campaign. Yeah, there were two cool things about that. Well, there were probably more than two, but the two that I remember, one of them was uh, vehicle graphics, right? Right. What was the what was the car? The bug, right? Of Naturally. Course. Um, and then the other one was that you brought donuts with brought you. Brought donuts. Oh. So if you're out there listening, trying to hustle up a job, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Donuts. It's donuts. Donut. Yeah. Do a donut campaign. Yeah. Um, so, okay. We'll start out because you're at Manifest now. Right. You were at Momentum. You were at RT. So you have this history in town. But cur- how, how are the changes at Manifest manifesting themselves? Because that's pretty public knowledge. The agency's certainly going through something. Yeah. It there. shifted in uh, a couple of months ago. It yep. shifts and it's About the every year. Yeah. I mean, of course. It, this is nothing new. I started uh, with the company five years ago when Dan Curran owned it and it was Force. Uh, so I feel like every year we kind of get a little bit more of a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he likes change. Yeah. Sometimes they, you know, some years they seemed big, some years they uh, didn't really seem like much. Through all of it, my day to day work hasn't changed all that drastically. Yeah. You know, I have the same generally the same type of work for my clients. Uh, things have just kind of gotten larger, uh, working cross office with the other, uh, offices. That was a big change mm-hmm. a couple of year go- years ago when we merged with manifest in Chicago. Uh, the most recent changes again, seem from a, you know, higher view of the company pretty large, but my day to day here in St. Louis it's pretty steady, yeah. yeah. Yeah, still the same. Bosses change, whatever, but... Right. You know, m- my boss, you know, changed in the summer when Ryan went on to Fleischman. So mm-hmm. this particular, you know, shuffle or adjustment that they had in the winter didn't directly affect you know, my team all that yeah. much. And do people come to you and are you one of the steadying forces there? Because it sounds like you've probably been there... All- I've, You're like senior. Seniority. I've been there longer. I've been in the Manifest St. Louis office longer than anybody else. Okay. You're the old lady. And wow. so do people like come and yeah. t- check in with you and be like, are we, we going to make this? Um, it's okay. I don't, I don't think they sometimes need to 
come to me. I think yeah. they hear me from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> Give yeah. my opinion on what's going on. But yeah, I think that in my office in particular, they, um, you know, I got, I've got a little bit of a reputation of being, uh, you know, kind of hard and you know, sassy. <laughs> yeah. Direct. But, yeah. Direct. And very direct and, and quite assertive, uh, the feedback that I get to my face is that people dig that because they know where they stand with me and they kind of, they know that I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. blown smoke mm -hmm. uh, or trying to spin something, you know, for the sake of leadership and how they want things to be perceived mm -hmm. at, you know, down at our level. And yeah, office. you don't play the game. Right. So I get a little bit of a credibility boost, you know, from speaking my mind and I, I'll take that because I can handle, you know, navigating sometimes where it gets sticky, you know, when I let myself kind of go in that direction. I can handle that because it balances out with the credibility I get with my coworkers. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you're, when I knew you, you were a young creative, young designer that was, that I loved from the first time working with you. And I thought you and uh, Megan had this thing going on yeah. up there on SeaWorld and it was just such a refreshing to guys work with you. Now you're in the ACD role and so you kind of have to manage right. and do the work. Mm -hmm. And so it, the management part, do you like that? I really like that. Yeah. I really like uh, organizing and producing a team of mm -hmm. creative against, you know, a, an account strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm built that way a little bit in my approach to creative. I am less about the, you know, pixel perfect technical design and more about the bigger idea. And I have a lot of, you know, organizational list making spreadsheet loving, you know, <laughs> characteristics. So working well with an account team and a project management team comes pretty naturally to me. And that is a very uh, key way that I collaborate with other departments, but uh, it also helps me very well in managing junior creatives because I think, think I approach it with a little more of an analytical uh, experimentation to mm -hmm. how we can grow them yeah. uh, than just um, focusing on a design skill or a design vertical or a writing, you know, development. So in, over the course of your career, have you evolved the way your young creatives are being brought up? Like, have you taken parts of what you've learned and now it's sort of you have a way of doing it versus, yeah, you're a designer, go will grow you that way? Are you, do you have more of a rounded way of bringing creatives up? I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't come up with this stuff on my own, sure. but I don't exactly know where it all comes from. Mm -hmm. I feel like currently at Manifest through Matt and Ryan, I've gotten a lot of different kind of great examples sure. on how to tackled, you know, this type of mentorship and that. And then in terms of more of uh, the old school, like technical mm -hmm. development and tools, I get a lot from the, uh, the CDs over at RT. I can mm -hmm. still remember, you know, I can recall like seven years ago when I was there, just soaking in all of the kind of direction and philosophies I could pick up from them because when I went, walked into RT, I thought, oh, man, yeah. big fish, right? right? Um, That's what you thought about yourself, that you were a big then, fish? I thought, no, yeah. I looked around, I thought, uh, oh, like, all, yeah, these is, all these big fish, all these big fish, I'm nervous. Yeah, they're great models. 
over there for sure. Of course. Um, I, Leslie, you've always struck me as somebody who is not afraid to ask questions. And I, sometimes I was on the receiving end of that when you come down to my office, whether it was at RT or Manifest or whatever, and said, what the hell's going on with this? What yeah. the hell's going on with that? You still do that? Still I ask, ask questions, questions all the time. Yeah. It's the only way to actually get any information, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, if you wait for people to tell you what's going on, you're going to get their version. If you ask what's going on, you might be able to affect what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Art director, writer, teams. Are those still the best way to build creative teams? Or do you, is that how you guys have it built? Um, or how are they structured? So, so I remember we were adding digital people, right? Right. Trying to have a threesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the right way or how you guys do it. Well, producers came in. So I would say that, you know, my area yeah. is digital design. Um, but instead of kind of, viewing it as digital versus traditional, um, you've got to have a creative team that can concept against experience, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that pretty much covers digital and social and traditional, you know, and all this. But I think that the element that uh, in our office in the past five years that we have that's slightly different or newer than other offices or other agencies is that element of a really solid strategy Mm -hmm. department. A a strategist is, I think, the third in that trifecta. You need to have some strong writing, some strong visual, and some strong strategy. And that's how I've been able to concept and execute my better work because I no longer rely on a one-page creative brief mm-hmm. written by an account person. And, you know, that was the norm six years ago for me yeah. in my agencies. Now, that's not a creative brief. That's an initiation deck. That is a whole strategic insights deck, um, you know, pull the, pulling together consumer insights, landscape insights, you know, trends and, and then thought starters and a whole big meaty document that you need to get into. And that is, I think, more efficient for a creative in brainstorming because you don't need, I don't believe you need, you know, a week and a half just for ideation. Okay. Um, So you'd rather have way more information going in and shorten the time of brainstorming. Yeah. If you get a really good um, document and guidance from a a solid, I want to call them strategists, but but they are Yeah, but it's a strategic... at the agency, whoever's right. Right. Sometimes yeah. they're, you know, it's analytics. Yep. It's all sorts of, you know, information coming from performance and strategy and insights and research and all this stuff. If you get a really good meaty file document that can guide you, you will just nonstop be inspired. Yeah. And all of those ideas that would normally take about a, a week and a half for you to, you know, compile takes just a few days, especially the more people you can bring in because yeah. they're easier briefed on, you know, the, the problem. Do you think that's the difference between uh, where you work now and maybe other places that you've worked or other agencies in town? It's definitely a difference uh, that we kind of created at Manifest. And I'm starting when I'm kind of talking to other creatives and listening to where they want their department, other creatives at other agencies, mm-hmm. listening to where they want their departments to go. This idea of strategy is really starting to bud, you know, in mm-hmm. their in their landscape. But it happens to be something that you know, a handful of individuals that Dan, Dan Curran gathered, mm-hmm. um, kind of developed 
the sort of um, way of doing in our things. own little way. Okay. In our house, and uh, and it's happening to you know kind of mirror the way that other people are going. Mm-hmm. Seem like seems like right now. As far as just the emphasis on doing it, or is there a certain way of that they do it that is sort of that you feel like oh this is specific to manifest. Or is it just that, you know what, we're putting a lot more emphasis and focus on getting the upfront and the, the brief right before we start jumping I think around. it's both. I yeah. think that uh, there's nuances in just the way that the team has been able to develop our groove at Manifest. We've known each other for a long time. We know everybody's strengths, so we kind of play up to that. Uh, and that collaboration is unique to us, but I think that it can only be good when other agencies are pumping up their strategy departments and having that meld together with their creative departments in in a collaboration that is really seamless and just natural and automatically kind of molds to to what your needs are and you know who your individuals are. What's the coolest thing you worked on in the last year? So Alamo Vacationator. Uh, the Alamo Vacationator. Alamo Vacationator. <laughs> Uh, Sounds painful. I like it though. It's a it's a quiz. It's the simplest uh, form. It's just a quiz. You're going on vacation. It's Alamo Rent a Car is the uh, with the client. You're going on vacation with your friends or your family. You're just it's a leisure vacation. Uh, you want to talk about memories or you want to you know plan it for memories, but memories don't really come from a airline booking or your itinerary necessarily. Uh, they come from the little moments in between, you know, inside jokes or funny anecdotes, mm-hmm. you know, situational humor that you get yourself into. So uh, a writer, William Levy and I created this quiz. You go onto it, select how many people are in your group, what type of vacation it is, beach, mountain, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then just a series of seemingly goofy questions. You know, how often do you tweet? Who's your idol? And it's like Billy Idol, American Idol, Tiki. Uh, you know, what one of these onomatopoeias do you like? So you just click, you know, murmur or bloop or nonsense like that. You know, uh-huh. does cilantro taste soapy or good? <laughs> then you click on the button and you're like, vacationate my trip. And it Tells prints you where to go. out a personalized essentially infographic looks like an infographic uh, with all sorts of kind of little tools and ideas for you to use on your trip because your trip's already planned. But now you have a trip flag and you have a trip mantra. You have a trip hashtag because everybody has to have a vacation hashtag (laughs) when they're posting their dumb photos. So it gives you all this stuff, gives you the name that you're going to write on your mixtape or, you know, yeah. playlists and stuff but, like that. So it was very awesome. fun and yeah. it actually is somewhat usable, yeah. uh, but it's all about, you know, being goofy and, you know, the visuals are very, you know, whimsical and fun and vacation-esque. Is that, is that still up? Yeah. I can go vacationate? Go uh, to Alamo's The Scenic Route right. and uh, dig around in there. We will post know. that. That's and awesome. what are some of the funny hashtags that came out? Well, it's based on, on your uh, group name. So oh, if you okay. put in, you know, Jen... In the hashtag Jen. It's not very inspiring. It'll is be it? like hashtag Jen Jammin or whatever it is, you know. It it's a good fun. piece of work. Sounds like fun. It was a fun right. one. Okay, so here we're getting now these questions are gonna get tougher. You ready? Yeah. So, okay. You're flying off to a massive pitch. You're All flying right. off. They've called you. Ten million dollar accounts on the line. You can only take one person. Great writer, great designer, great account person, or great strategist. Who do you take? And strategist. And put a name on it. Strategist. Yeah. Okay. 
I would. Why would you say? And you said that quick. There was no hesitation. Yeah. Why do you say that? Um. Because you, yeah, you answered that question. Yeah, that's who I would be able to create a really solid pitch deck with. Uh, you can't sell anything anymore without some good insights, some rationale. Uh, you know, back in the day, you would create, you would have the concept, and then you'd back out the strategy. Exactly. Right. Those yeah. old-fashioned people. Right. You just, 90-year-old advertising people. You don't have to do that anymore. Now no. a pitch deck is, you know, 70% of this. Of the story, you know, the upfront. The strategic base. And then you got a couple slides explaining the creative idea. You maybe have one key visual in there. But by the time they get to the creative section, they're sold. It's done. They barely, you know, care about the details. You don't even have to show them an example of how it will look. Because, yeah. yeah, they're sold on the idea. Yeah. Strategist. Okay. Who's, who's your favorite strategist in town? Ooh, good question. Jenna Watkin. Oh. Jenna Watkin. Does yeah. she work for you? She works at Purina starting this month. Oh. Woo, woo. So that's good. Um, Amela works down there. Yes. She was another fierce creative mm -hmm. from your little tribe up in the second floor yeah. at Momentum. Yeah. She, she's a good designer. So Very cool. Good. Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, Leslie, you're a pretty girl. Right? Everybody knows that. Um, does that help you? Has that helped you in your career or do you think it's hurt you? Both. Okay. <laughs> Tell us why. Wow. Um, if you're confident, then you can run in and talk to anybody and focus on, your, on what you have to say and what you want to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have any qualms there, you don't have anything that you're kind of second guessing about yourself, it's a lot easier you know, to roll up like that. Um, but then sometimes that confidence can sting you when you, you know, cross paths with somebody else who's pretty confident, you know, you just. So you're saying being pretty gives you that helps, helps boost your confidence a little bit. Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah. It's helped and hurt. Okay. And I wonder it, and it, this hasn't been always the way it is, but there was a perception that men, the creative part was more guys. You count AEs or more women. And I wonder just being a woman in creative, which I don't, yeah, my experience in cruisers has always been great women creatives and you worked with a lot of them. Right. But has that, how do you, has that been good, bad? Have you noticed anything just in the creative department in general? No, not necessarily based yeah. on gender. It's, it's based on location for me. I've okay. had more um, difficulties collaborating with, working with, and um, kind of trading respect with people that I don't get to physically be around in the same room. Gotcha. Uh, I have quite an assertive means of communication. <laughs> um, I like when you say that, quite an assertive means of communication. And, and <laughs> my written word is very efficient. So emails you, you, are, can be tough for me when I'm sending them and, and to add in some sort of, you know, Human qualities. Yeah. So you, you have the one be, word, like, what is she? Is she pissed at me? This is a, yeah. yeah. She said no. And that's all it said. There's no smiley face emojis. Right. So, and, and that's, yeah. You, that's do you not, templatize your emails? Like, oh, I send this one when I'm in this mood. I send this one when I'm in that mood. No, but that might, that might be a good plan for me. Sometimes I write one and I get a second opinion. That's funny. And I say, that's what do you think? Good. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be, but I just got to tell them, you can't do that. You got to do this. Yeah. Digital communication is very challenging. Right. right? So that's I the say hardest part. Location and that is uh, much easier or much harder for me to navigate um, than 
you know, any sort of like gender roles. So yeah. you don't think it's been harder for you as a woman in creative to uh, be promoted or to um, get where you want to go just because you're a woman? Not in my experience. That's good. Good. I see. I, that, that was what I would have guessed, but I don't know. I'm again, I'm, I'm a pretty strong voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So perhaps if I didn't have that or if I had a slightly, you know, different skew on my personality, I might, I might feel marginalized. Uh, but it's not really in my nature to assume that that could happen based on my gender. Sure. What about being a mom? <clears throat> Has that changed your perspective on your creative work? Not exactly. I don't really know if I exemplify typical or, you know, I guess typical, that sounds a little stereotypical, but now I don't know if I act like a mom as much as I would be expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if mom life seeps its way into my vision and my everyday kind of you know, interactions in the workplace. Uh, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe I do talk, mm-hmm. you know, and view things as a mom, talk about my kid. I think yeah. what I was what I was thinking more about was when you have a baby, mm-hmm. something chemically changes in your brain and your physiology, et cetera. And whether that I guess I, I didn't ask the question right about about um being a mom. I think just the um the changes that naturally occur when you have children and the things that you think about and your priorities kind of just naturally shift, um, the way you look at life. Like I, I remember when I had a kid, I remember thinking like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm a mammal, like every other mammal on the planet, right? Just giving birth to something live, right? That's a, that, that's, (laughs) that's weird. But anyway, but my point is like that changes like your brain chemistry. So I just wondered if those changes that, that physical change. You're coming up with different ideas that you're like, oh, where'd that come from? Exactly. I see what you mean. brain chemistry. Not that I can tell (laughs) yet. I'm I don't know. I'm, you know, still navigating how, how I view myself as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of had a history before motherhood of separating and kind of switching off when I go home. Mm-hmm. So you're good at that. Right. So yeah. now it's not, it's not like before my identity and my workplace identity had a ton, you know, in common or really informed mm-hmm. them. So now I'm not totally sure that at this point I can identify mm-hmm. that motherhood is changing my philosophy on life or my approach in my relationships uh, with friends and my family or having any sort of effect on, you know, my creativity. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that the, I should say my impression of what I've seen, maybe a picture or two on uh, Facebook, but my impression of what the nursery looks like at your house, I cannot even imagine. I'm sure it's amazing. It's so, it's so much pressure when you're a designer and then you have to start. Did you feel a lot of pressure to have a killer nursery? Cause everyone's going to be like, you're a designer. I don't have a killer nursery. I just needed to get something that I thought was appropriate. Uh, but well put together, would photograph properly. (laughs) Right. Right. Pinterest worthy. Yes. So there you go. Yeah, I bet it's killer. It's a little bit of a you have pressure because if you have, you know, a hot yeah. mess at home, people... Then you're you know, a writer. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't see you at Babies R Us picking out, like... That's no, funny. it was tough to find <laughs> stuff that 
it, it's, I mean, that stuff is hideous. There's junk all over the place. It was uh, yeah, that's true. Tasteful, tasteful supplies and blankets and all that nonsense. It took a lot of time. Our next question comes from our sponsors at Creative Circle. We have sponsors. Oh, my gosh. Creative Circle is a creative staffing agency, and they provide companies with a resource for finding, interviewing, and hiring creative talent for short or long-term projects. You've heard of Creative Circle, of course? Right. Okay. So Creative Circle wants to know, have you ever used creative staffing agency to hire talent? Yes or no? And if you have, what are you looking for? How do you find creatives for projects quickly that you need for understaffed things, or do you bring in freelancers? Yes, we have. We have used those types of services. Gosh, I feel like it's a different approach every time because you need them right away. So you pull together a couple of minds to identify what the immediate need is. Yeah, there's always a panic to this, right? Right, right. And you are you know, reaching out immediately and then um, and then you're never sure yeah. you know, if you gave them accurate information or the type of information that's going to you know, output somebody who can you know, do the job, but... Usually, usually turns out all right, right? Yeah. Well, good. And that's exactly what Creative Circle is here for. So that's good. Thank you for answering that question. Um, okay. Here's my question for you. I steal all my ideas. Right. Who do you steal from? People that can't find me. <laughs> um, sometimes my coworkers, though, if they don't know. That's funny. You I heard that. I'm I thought just they'd gonna... be flattered by that. Well, yeah. I hear an idea and think, hmm, I'll just switch that a little bit. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. They say there's nothing new, right? Everything's no. a reinvention. That's right. I steal from Alfred Hitchcock. That's just my go-to guy. Like if I'm in a pinch, whatever it is. Really? Yeah. Whatever it is. Go back to a Hitchcock movie. Usually that works for liquor. That's my little tidbit for the day. Okay. For your boss, would you rather have a great creative boss or a great manager boss? You know what I'm saying? Creative. Okay. You don't care if they're a good manager of you. You want a badass creative above you. I'd like them to be a good manager of me, but yeah. I can handle a little bit of autonomy of managing myself. Yes, yeah, so you want you want a killer creative above you. Correct. Okay. That's good. That's a good one. Does sex still sell? That was my question. I was oh, wondering yeah. about that. Sex. In the advertising business anymore, do we still use it? Does it still sell? Is it different than... Okay, it's evolved, I'm sure. Well, yeah, it's all over social. Right. I mean, you'd have to look at it through a social lens, really. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess, half of what being an Instagram model is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think, you know, Leslie wasn't around for the Mad Men days, so I don't think she has a whole lot of reference. Yeah, it just seemed like, I don't know, when I started, there was beer point of sale, and it was usually a woman in a bikini and a beer bottle, and then it kind of evolved. We got a little more sophisticated, and it became co-ed situations, and this is just sort of in Mm -hmm. a... But it's always, but now I wonder just in, in rooms, if it's still, I'm sure it's all still there, obviously, but I wonder if as from a conceptual standpoint, if it's something that. Well, when you talk about like non-traditional marketing and then you think about content because everybody's, you know, all hyped up on content, Mm -hmm. you look at. (laughs) You say that like, uh uh-oh. Well, I mean, it's all I hear every yeah. day, all You're day, like, I cannot day. hear this. Got it. I'm with you. Right. I got it. Yeah, we'll do content. Are you content? Everything's content. What? Make all, all the content. If you look at content and you're, you're looking at television and yeah. reality shows, I mean, sex is what makes half of that stuff so sensational. Yeah. You know, you just look at Bravo. It doesn't even have to be a scene about, you know, sex overtly, but you're just you know, fascinated by everything, which usually has a sexual overtone. Yeah. Um, and then that ends up informing all this social content, you know, people idolize 
kind of content influencers. And a lot of it is sexual based. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would imagine, especially again on Instagram, it's all visual. You can get into one of those holes. You can get deep into one of those <laughs> Instagram a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Real quick, and it gets it gets dark. <laughs> that is dark. Um, Leslie, what's next for you? Yeah. I don't mean um, I don't mean uh, when you leave Manifest, which uh, let's assume that you will never leave Manifest, right? Um, but would you do you want to keep doing the work and doing it well and grow as a grow your creative skills and and your ability to to create big ideas and inspire and all that? Um, or do you want to manage people? Sometimes those two, yeah, sometimes you have to make a choice. Yeah. I want to start growing uh, junior and mid-level creatives into that really strong collaborative mind that is incomplete without strategy. Mm. That's kind of what the, I'm okay with giving up a little bit of my hands-on into the great work, if I can focus on fostering an environment that highlights that collaboration, because I think that's very important, you know, for the, for where I feel the industry is going, it's kind of a hard thing to articulate, I guess. Well, it sounds like, like you said, the the trifecta, right? Like right. art director, writer, strategist, or whatever. You want to focus on building those types of teams inside the company. Yeah. I um, want to kind of help pioneer that where it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. That's awesome. And where do you see the industry going? Again, it's content. Everybody's talking about content. So trying to figure out what that means for brands, because I feel like now there's a fine line between what is advertising? What is content? How do you leverage, you know, what before was taboo in terms of leveraging intellectual property, you know, that you didn't have permission to, or it was, you know, didn't own. How do you integrate that? properly into your content, your branded content, where it makes sense. Uh, So that question of brands producing content rather than marketing messages, but making it valuable to their audience uh, can be difficult. It can be difficult, you know, not to crack. Mm -hmm. So I think that continuing to find innovations into that realm is, I think, where the meat of the industry could be going. Say more about the content that either isn't isn't wasn't yours to begin with. You just described content that was right. So brands are speaking to their audience, but there are an awful lot of other people. We call them influencers that mm-hmm. are speaking to that audience, and those influencers can be creating YouTube videos or you know posting DIY projects, or they're influencers that are creating shows mm-hmm. or you know movie films, all these other things, and. It's very relevant to a brand's, you know, a particular brand's audience, but the brand needs to have some sort of, the brand needs to incorporate that content or they want to incorporate that content in order to appear relevant to their own audience and credible and valuable. Um, but doing so in a way that attributes, you know, the actual author yeah. um, and kind of presents it in a partnership rather than kind of uh, just I'm riffing your stuff. Mm-hmm. And are you talking about things like, um, was it dear kitten? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was the, the Purina. Yeah. Ad. Yeah. So initially it was, um, dear diary and it was these kitten, um, 
these cats that were, it was all black and white, and it was told um, through uh, w- the voice of one cat. Mm-hmm. And it was about the trials and tribulations that a cat goes through in a day. And um, they were co- that cat was coaching a young kitten on how to operate around the house, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And it was all this, it was funny as hell. Yeah, and someone then just Purina, made this. Yeah, and then Purina pre- went and found him and yeah. said, "Oh." And said, "Yeah, yeah, can I buy I don't know if they I don't know if they bought the idea from them. I'm sure there was some sort of permission um to use it, but they took that concept and integrated it into and made it their own. And so now if you Google Dear Kitten or Dear Diary, right. you get all the Purina stuff. You don't oh. get the original. So you have to dig a little further to get the original. Um not that it matters cuz they're both well done. Right. Yeah, similar to that. Say I have a podcast and it's about home you know, renovations. And instead of a home brand mm-hmm. just sponsoring it, they can weave their products more seamlessly into the content. And that's a good marriage there. And that way you can reach your audience without, with valuable, you know, content. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not just just being a sponsor. You're being more of a collaborative force and a partner there. Yeah. I can see that with like the makeup videos. Like if I have to watch another lesson on, you know, cat eye eyeliner, I'm going to puke, but I know what you're saying. Like the, these people are out there doing these things, right? They're mm-hmm. out there, they're putting right. themselves out there and they're not doing it for a brand. They're just doing it for the, you know, for their own brand, maybe right. um, doing it for themselves, doing something that's just, they just find interesting and they're broadcasting it through any number of channels and brands are saying, Hey, I want to get it, get in on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You need to be creative though in order to do it. You can't just attach your name to it anymore or, you know, sponsor them. You have to weave it in and, and it gets, it gets old really quick. So you got to come up with a new way to yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like NASCAR. You don't just slap logos all over it and right. move on. You guys have this con- con- conversation I, I find, or, or I look at this, the uh, industry now and think, wow, agencies have to prove value more than ever. I think lots of people are bringing in these quick content things in, in house. Right. Right. So a lot of big brands are just like, we we're making so much of this stuff. Let's bring it in house. However, I think that that makes it kind of more boring or ultimately bringing it in house. Probably you lose the oomph and the deepness and the richness of what an agency can bring. Right. Right. And so I wonder if you guys have these talks that manifest, like how we're going to continually add more value, or if this is a thing that you're aware of as an agency, or if you even feel that pressure. They, Clients and brands will have new ideas to bring certain things in-house, I think, all the time. Um, In the landscape now, new things pop up that they don't know about that we just need to educate ourselves and be the experts so that when they've taken, you know, this realm in-house, they still need us for this. And I think the media landscape changes so quickly now that it's easier for us to pick out something new and, you know, brush up on it and provide that as an offering or a service. Um, Because again, if you can be creative with how you're using it, Mm -hmm. then you have some, a good strategy based on why Mm -hmm. you can sell it. Yeah. Okay. Leslie, would you, um, would you for a minute go back to Dizzy Donuts days? Mm Mm-hmm. Simpler time. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Vehicle wraps and packaging. Now that I'm a mom, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a good answer. Good yeah, answer. wrap a minivan. All right. 
Well, anything else? Anything else you need to get off your chest while we're here? No, I don't think You're so. You're good? All right. Thank you. It's great to see you've become a fantastic creative leader, and I can just tell that you've got to be loved by your teams, and they, you know, are excited to work with you every day. So I'm excited to work with them. Good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, yeah thanks for having If you're looking for more insight into working with the creative industry, make sure to check out Creative Circle and Our Notebook. That's O-U-R at ournotebook.creativecircle.com, where you'll find original content and tips for your resume, portfolio, and upcoming interviews. Learn more and live created at ournotebook.creativecircle.com. Right.